0: Love?
1: welcome to Rediscovery, the Star Trek recap podcast which promises not to show you a horrifying glimpse of your dark fate. I'm science officer Ben McKenzie and as always I'm joined by Captain Carla Donnelly. Greetings Captain.
0: I will never sacrifice myself for you like that Ben, just letting you know.
1: (laughs) Okay, well it's good to know where I stand. (laughs) This week's episode, Through the Valley of Shadows, opens with Michael taking a call from Amanda, who's dressed in full Princess Leia mode and knows about Burnham Senior from Spock. But before she can do more than ask that the two of them look after each other, it's time to go. A new red burst has appeared, this time over Boreth, the Klingon monastery where Tyler left his son. Michael realises he's hiding something and goes to him. He tells her about his son, and she comforts him. Lorel arrives to negotiate Federation passage to the planet, and she tells Pike and Tyler that aside from the monastery, Boreth is also the source of the time crystals, another reason outsiders are not permitted to go there. Tyler insists he go, but she forbids him, saying the danger to the Empire is too great if either of them is discovered alive. Pike offers to go in his stead, but Lorel warns him that no one can take a time crystal without great sacrifice. Burnham, meanwhile, gets permission from a very assertive Saru to follow up a lead. A Section 31 ship has checked in ten minutes past its scheduled time. Saru orders Spock to go with her. On Boreth, Pike meets the timekeepers, the Klingons who guard the crystals and tell him he's come for nothing. But when he persists, they tell him those to whom the crystals are revealed leave broken. Reno arrives at lunch in the mess to tell Stamets they'll soon be working on a time crystal, but Stamets is distracted by seeing Hugh, reinstated in uniform, hanging out with other crew members. He heads off to prep on his own. Tenevik, the Klingon showing Pike around the monastery, reveals. He's Vox's son, Mm. already grown thanks to the influence of the time crystals. What? In their shuttle, Michael and Spock debate whether she is the common denominator in the red signals, but when they arrive at the Section 31 ship, they run into its crew who've been left to die in space. They beam aboard the only survivor, who turns out to be Gant, the tactical officer from the Shenzhou. He says he was investigating a suspicious subroutine when the computer took over and ejected everyone into space but they'll only be able to find out more by revisiting the ship. Laurel and Tyler have a moment together. She tells him she understands that he is in love with Michael and that she has made her peace with Vok being dead and Tyler being someone else.
0: On Borath, Tenevik takes Pike to the chamber where the time crystals grow and warns him that everyone meets their fate when they come into contact with them. Is he ready? Pike grabs one crystal and is transported to a disaster happening on a starship. A group of cadets are in serious distress. Radiation is leaking at critical mass. In a truly upsetting sequence, Pike witnesses his fate, to be severely disfigured in the accident. And just like when you wake up out of a dream and to realise you're still in it, Pike is then standing in a hallway when he sees something robotic coming towards him. He comes face to face with his future self, Horribly disfigured from radiation exposure, unable to walk or talk. Pike screams and wails in distress. Tenovik asks him whether he accepts his destiny, because to take a crystal is to, um, crystallise it. (laughs) Pike chants the reasons he is a Starfleet captain and agrees to take the crystal, believing he has no other choice to save humanity. Tenovik nods in respect. On board the Section 31 ship, Fool Me Thrice, Michael and Spock find out that, of course, Gant has been overtaken by control. Duh. The control ship takes off to destination unknown, leaving Michael in a struggle to the death with the control nanobots. Spock saves her just in time by magnetising the floor. Spock convinces Michael that she is a threat to control, which means there's still a chance things can be saved. They hurry back to Discovery. Reno visits Hugh and gives him a gay-to-gay power chat. She reveals her wife died in the Klingon War and tries to give Hugh some perspective, albeit in the least persuasive tone possible. Michael and Spock make it back to Discovery just in time for 30 Section 31 ships to turn up. It's showdown time. Michael convinces Pike the only way to destroy the Sphere data is to destroy Discovery. Pike begins the self-destruct protocol.
1: Man. Whoa. Serious business. <laughs> this is a pretty grim episode, Carl. Yeah, dude. I mean I was I
0: cried a couple of times. I was
1: fully into it though. This was yeah. a good one. Yeah. Did for you sure. think so? Yeah.
0: It really yeah. It sucker punched you, gave you a lot of gave you a lot of meaningful thread, wrapping up monuments. Yeah. That really winded me that whole pike scene. I was like, Whoa. Yeah.
1: You know, I knew I knew it would be some. I thought he might get a glimpse of his future, but not quite like that. Yeah, like once when they started talking about oh, you know, time crystals, you have to pay some sort of price. I'm like, but we know his future. Is he going to see his future? Fi- what? And and then they made him choose it. I was like, oh man, wow, that was full. Well, of- it
0: wasn't really a choice, was it? It's like I have to, you know, sacrifice myself for, you know, yeah.
1: Like either everyone dies or I know my own future.
0: But also, he doesn't know that he gets to go back to Talos 4. No, he doesn't know that. So that's kind of sweet as well. Bit yeah, of sweet, I guess.
1: Yeah, he gets a better ending than he thinks he's going to get. Yeah. But uh, and that makes his sacrifice more meaningful.
0: Well, and then also, like, he was sacrificing himself to help the kids. Like, this is his deal. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah.
1: He's 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 the good guy. Yeah. Yeah. He's the good cowboy. He's as you put
0: yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: Without all the shit bits. No. <laughs> yeah. No, I really liked that. Um, but yeah, it was it was rough.
0: Where but, do you want to begin?
1: Um, well, look, I think there's, I mean, there's a couple of main threads in this episode. Sure. I mean, there's Pike's adventures on the planet, mm-hmm. but also we've got a few emotional wrap ups here. Mm. What do you think about Michael and Spock finally teaming up on a mission? Like, have we not been waiting for this to happen properly Because, like, when- when (laughs) I'm so
0: disengaged by this relationship, I was like, who cares? Oh,
1: really? Yeah. Oh, I was- Because it always feels
0: like it's about them anyway. So, it was a pivot, I guess, in the way that it was productive.
1: I guess that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Did you smell the trap? I mean, was it clear to you it was a trap?
0: This is so stupid.
1: I mean, as soon as as we met Gant and it was like, oh, I know this guy. I'm like, he's fucking got nanobots in him. (laughs) Like, what are you doing? And actually, there was a bit where when Michael's talking to him, Spock's, like, looking- and I'm like, he's suspicious. Hmm. But then I don't think he was. And I and because he didn't act at that point, because I thought he was going to pull a phaser on him or something, and Michael was going to go, what are you doing? And he's like, he could have been taken over by control because he would have been logical about it. But no, they're fooled. And I'm like, why do you not think this is a thing that could happen? Like, you know that it's I taken literally over. said,
0: fool me thrice, because it's happened twice before. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Right? Yeah. Seriously. I,
1: yeah. Holograms, then uh, Leland, now Gant. Do you think he's named after the chart?
0: No, because it's two Ts. Oh, yeah, it's true. He's yeah, only yeah. got one T. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, that makes sense.
0: Good one, Project Management Humor. Thanks,
1: Ben. <laughs> well, we want to right. reach some audiences out there.
0: <laughs> um, no, for me it was like, um, because, look, Michael's whole arc is about- controlling her emotions or being human or Mm. the intersection between the two yeah right so as soon as her nostrils flared when that section 31 ship hadn't checked in and i was like oh here we go you know because she was she she was on a revenge mission yeah
1: i did think that when saru gave her the okay to go it was weird well i kind of liked it in the sense that it's like oh yeah new saru but also i was like is this not obviously a trap to anyone else? Like, they don't even mention the possibility. And all Spock says is Saru sent me to make sure that, you know, you didn't let your emotions get in the way. And I mean- and Too late. Lucky. Yeah, well, <laughs> lucky that he did go or, you know, Michael would be nanobotized. Is that right? Sure.
0: Actually, that was, I love that whole sequence. So, yes, the needle in the eye necessary to inject the nanobots. Why it has to go in the eye, I don't know. Yeah, well, because it didn't. Because the whole thing, Leland wasn't taken over until
1: it, it jabbed him in the back of the neck.
0: No, I'm so sure it was in the eye.
1: But no, because remember, because after that, he's in the chair and the, yeah. it's talking to him as a hologram and then they jab him in the neck.
0: Yeah, but I think they just gave him more or something.
1: Okay. But now we got to see a bit how, how they worked. Yeah. In Gantt. That was cool. And they're like, they're just filling up his body and she like blows a hole in him with the phasers. And now we know why you know, was the full phasers did T2 didn't.
0: kind of deal. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah it was cool. But also, I like that we finally got a bit of Control's motivation. And it is that whole... Uh, but it was it's a... I like... They added that extra layer of sophistication because it is like I have to kill you all to save all life. But his, it, more than that, Control's like I want to turn myself into the ultimate form of conscious sentient life. Mm. And then I can destroy all other sentient life because then sentient life will be safe because mm. it'll just be me. And I won't kill myself. Mm. So... It'll be fine. Any the ultimate like-
0: programmer's response.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Is there any any other um, <laughs> professional groups with whom we interact that we can piss off uh, this week? Um, hey, actors. I- I'm sure I'm you're on. all dumb. Comedians, <laughs> you suck. Uh, no, I don't. I don't mean that. Um, yeah. No, I thought I liked that. I liked that. It was just that extra little nuance that I hadn't picked up from what we'd already heard. Um, yeah, no, I agree. And now it makes sense to me why it wants the sphere data. Because, because it's making a distinction. It's not just that it's searching to become sentient or conscience. It's acknowledging that it is, but it wants to be the ultimate version of that. Mm. And then it feels then it feels like once I've done that, then I can kill everyone else and sentient life will be safe forever.
0: Mm. Yeah. I would really love to go to the series that that's, at, that's at that 500 year mark with the-
1: Robo, robo-octo. Robo-octopus things, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that's interesting because we don't know when it happens in the future, do we? We know that it must have happened presumably by about 500 years in the future because that's how old the probe is Mm. when it turns into the Mm. octopus. Um, But we also don't know – and it happens before 950 years in the future. But we don't – apart from that, we don't know when it happens. Mm. I mean, presumably relatively soon. I mean, how long would – control really wants this data and wants to do it now – I mean, presumably that means it can use it immediately to become the ultimate sentient being. Sure. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, okay. I, don't know. I liked that though.
0: I did too. I loved the really kind of horror style nanobots coming oh, towards yeah, her. Yeah, with the tentacle shapes yeah, yeah, and yeah, stuff. Yeah, it was sweet. That it was, was really cool. sweet.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they got magnetized to the floor. That was that was a nice old school I agree. There was a couple of a couple of old school I'll talk actually I'll talk I'll save that for short chats, but there's a couple of old school references in this episode, which I don't know if we're deliberate, but I I liked them a lot. Okay. Yeah.
0: Shall we move on to so that's Michael and Spock. Are we all good there? Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: Let's talk about Pike's journey. Wow. What a full on experience. Yes. Uh, I did actually uh, One thing I will say I was just talking about Saru And when they first go down to the planet To show um, what it's like there Outside the monastery There's this great like um, shot matching Where Saru's like face Becomes the (laughs) face of the rock Including like his very specific Like mouth shape I thought that was kind of awesome I really dug (laughs) that
0: I didn't notice that Yeah yeah.
1: Yeah, So there's this big rock face It's like someone's carved Very crudely Saru's mouth and eyes (laughs) But also, it just looks awesome. Yeah, I really like that.
0: That's great. That was
1: the outside of the monastery. But yeah, he goes down in his cool parka.
0: Oh my God, what a babe.
1: Yeah, yeah. But then he takes it off and he's just wearing his uniform underneath. I know. I thought he'd be wearing cool Arctic clothes.
0: They just wanted to put him in a parka, I guess. I guess,
1: guess. yeah. Um, but, and then he meets uh, he meets the blue Klingons, um, the, uh, one of whom looks a lot like the Ice King from <laughs> Adventure Zone, I thought. Adventure Zone. Sorry, not Adventure Zone, <laughs> Adventure Time. Adventure Venture Zone is a podcast. We don't need to that. I don't
0: think they have any blue people there. Uh,
1: no. Well, actually, one of them <laughs> is an elf who's blue. Oh. In the original uh, storyline, so you know. <laughs> but yeah, I thought that was it. Was a little, um, uh, a little Lord of the Ringsy. Uh, what were the their ups
0: Well, look. To be honest, I feel like I, I'm not sure what ha- I don't. I don't know if it's me, but I'm not sort of sure what's happening with the Klingon looks in this season. They seem to get. They, they're progressing in, they, they feel like they're evolving because Lorel looked really different this time. Yeah, to she the, didn't she, have any
1: hair this time around. No,
0: again. and she was kind of blue, like she was also kind of blue. Yeah. You know, maybe they changed colour in proximity to the time crystals.
1: <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> um, I did like, I thought for a minute when we were on the planet that all the Klingons there were blue, but there was like a ready brown one as well. So there's still a bunch of different. Uh, looks for Klingons, sure, but they all seem to have no hair, and um, yeah, the um, Vox Sun or grown up didn't see that coming.
0: Except for old mate Vox Sun, he's got hair.
1: He's got well, yeah, he's got he's,
0: the cool prog rock.
1: He's got his Klingon like, hair. He's got his like crown on as well. Yeah, yeah, cool metal crown. He's he should be on an album cover. <laughs> Klingons are metal as fuck, really. Yeah,
0: fully. Yeah, and yeah. these
1: guys are just like they're more like fantasy metal or something. Sure. I, I'm sorry uh, if you're a metal fan out there. Please send me the correct <laughs> uh, subgenre of metal. I'm aware <laughs> that there's four thousand of them, and I'm not across them all. But the, whichever one is like singing about unicorns and
0: I swear uh, to epic God, there would be travel. like some kind of Klingon metal band. There's got to be.
1: Yeah. Surely more than one.
0: Yeah, of course. I mean, if and, there's and a it's so whatever Warcraft that genre one, is, that that would be the genre. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Klingon rock is that a thing? <laughs> I mean, there's Time Lord rock. They call it Troc. What? It's like you know, rock, like indie rock bands singing about Doctor Who, and there's wizard rock.
0: I don't want to know this.
1: <laughs> which, which is like you know, indie rock bands singing about Harry Potter. That's a whole thing. Really? So there's got to be Klingon ones. Okay. Yeah, I want a Vulcan rock band.
0: No, they would never do that.
1: No, I guess they wouldn't. It's too emotional for them.
0: Yeah. I Vol- don't even know what Vol- Vulcan music would be.
1: Very – I get the feeling like it would be like very precise. precise like Mathematical. You know, plucked strings, that sort of thing.
0: Or just one, you know, like – Atonal.
1: Oh, like that famous <laughs> piece of music that's like one note and, yeah. then, and then a rest that lasts ten years and then another note. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's
0: perfect.
1: That would be very Vulcan. Yeah. Anyway, Pike meets the Ice King and mm. uh, and the other monastery Klingons mm. and goes on a quest. It's very Dungeons & Dragons. I kind of loved it.
0: Yeah, I did too. But, again, it's just kind of – I don't know. Like, there, there doesn't seem to be enough – there's not enough consistency it's this weird. season for me. Yeah. It's like the it's kind of you know, every director comes on to do their episode and they're like, Oh, I'm just gonna do this and it's like, come on guys.
1: Yeah. Did you not plan this? Um yeah, I did think it's a it's a it is a little weird, I think, that it's suddenly revealed that the time crystal is not just a thing. It's like the, the Klingons have a whole planet full of them. Mm. <laughs> they mm. just and they don't let anyone touch them because they think it's too difficult. So now I'm wondering whether those rumors that Section Thirty One heard about the Klingons experimenting with time travel technology are not true. They just heard, someone someone said that because they heard about hey, there's time crystals on this planet. And they're like, oh, they must be doing time travel shit.
0: No, because Laurel did say that they had experimented with it, but it was too dangerous. Yeah,
1: but surely that wasn't 20 years ago. That monastery looks oh, like it's yeah. been there for a long time. That's true. Yeah, yeah. But then again.
0: They may not have had the technology to combine with the time crystals until that point.
1: Well, also, I mean, how long has it been there? We don't know because time doesn't flow normally there. Correct. It's fucking Narnia. That's right. On <laughs> That's what's happening. There's no wardrobe though. Just a bunch of cool glowing crystals. Oh,
0: my God. I cried in that sequence. The I, It was so powerful. It
1: was full on. It, it, it reminded me, I mean, and I and I guess I should have thought about this, uh, but it, it's a little bit like the way Spock dies mm. in Star Trek II.
0: Which I also cried in yeah. quite significantly. Uh,
1: again, radiation business. It's also a little bit like how the Tenth Doctor dies in the end of time. He also that gets some I radiation. No, I, I didn't cry in that. <laughs> No, that's not true. I did cry a little bit. And then they strung out the end for another fifteen minutes after he was supposed to have died and I'm like, why am I still anyway, a lot of people find that Spoiler. bit very emotional. Thanks, ben. So sorry, sorry. <laughs> uh but yeah, no, I, it was it was powerful. What did you think of the I mean we only got a quick glimpse, but it was nice to see a recreation of what the future of Starfleet will look like. In, through the lens of the discovery design team.
0: Sure, I loved his fleet captain uniform. It was
1: kind of awesome, wasn't it? Yeah,
0: it was really hot.
1: And um, and the it, I liked how uh, he found himself in that situation because I got the sense that he wasn't just sort of observing it. He literally felt like he was there, and he very quickly figured out what was going and just acted the way he would act. Hmm. Um, and then cut to what seems. You know, it seems like a sinister figure coming down the corridor, and then he realizes it's him. Mm. Like, well, oh, fuck me. Oh, just rough. Just rough.
0: So rough.
1: So I'm swearing a lot of this episode because I'm very emotional.
0: <laughs> and one would assume that you can't become ariamized in the future because of radiation.
1: Well, I think. Yeah, it's, it, that is a problem, right, because now they've established that they have this full-body prosthesis that can reconnect your brain to your motor functions. It makes this sort of 1960s idea of what that might look like, i.e. you are in a chair and you can't speak or move around, kind of weird, but I guess it's I guess it's, it's the kind radiation. of like an
0: iron lung type situation. Yeah, it, it, it does it keep is, him alive, yeah. It is... Um, it is. Uh, kinetically connected to his brain like he is moving it with mm. his mind so that technology matches up
1: yeah that's true but they can't but,
0: but he can't maybe, project maybe, his. okay it doesn't matter
1: yeah no but maybe maybe it is it's a radiation that means his his cells that are still there are too damaged or what have you yeah but yeah it's just yeah Oh, and when, he's, when he comes back from the vision, though, Carla. Oh, my God. And they're like, you have to choose. Like, if you want this crystal, you have to accept this as your fate now. I'm like, what? Yeah. This is awful. <laughs> like, not just you've seen it now, that's your price. But, no, you have to choose. If you don't take it, you might avoid this future. But if you do, that's it. And you're like, oh, man. And, and, and now they're not even
0: going to use the time crystal. What do you mean? Well, they're going to blow up Discovery. Well, are they really?
1: <laughs> I don't know. What Do you th- do? You think they will? I don't know. It's a bit dramatic. I mean, it's a drama show, so that makes sense. But... Don't know. Don't know. We'll see. What about the um, scene with Laurel and Tyler where she basically says, I'm letting you go.
0: Hmm.
1: Go off and live your life. I accept that you're not the man that I loved anymore. You're... Too changed to now. You're somebody else, but I see a little bit. I see enough of him in you that I respect you. What? How did you feel about that?
0: Mm.
1: You don't really care.
0: <laughs> I just. I, I don't really understand their storyline. Like, I don't understand why they had to put that scene in there because, he, you know, she he's left. He's supposedly dead. The kids, you know, like. But I don't know. I guess that was a nice bit of closure, you know.
1: It was nice to know what she thinks about it and for him to have that moment of it. Cause, cause it makes it more of a
0: choice in- rather than, you know, being victims of circumstance. Yeah. You know?
1: Yeah. Which I think is nice because then we know we kind of have an expectation that, you know, she's not going to show up and battle Michael for the right to be Tyler's husband oh, or something. Sure. You know? um, yeah. So, it's not. Yeah. I thought that was, that was nice. And
0: just clocking that as well. That that's clear that that's back on, right? It
1: is now. Yeah. yeah well, yeah. or at least that it will be.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you got that vibe too.
1: Yeah. 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 I think last – last. <laughs> she's
0: so tiny. She's so tiny because he's like a normal oh, – he's a normal-ish sized man for an Australian. He's about six foot two. Yeah. But look, when you see her next to him, she's like almost like up to his belly button. Like she's just so tiny. Yeah. It's crazy.
1: Yeah. Well, look, you know, people overcome these problems every no, day. No, I know. I just
0: <laughs> – it just blows my mind when they had that hugging scene and it's in profile. You're like, wow. Yeah. You forget how Tiny martin mutton is because I guess she's just such a big yeah. presence. Yeah, she's you know, a big like, presence. Yeah,
1: and then and you know the main time when you see her and, and she is shorter, she's standing next to Saru who's just taller than everybody, yeah. so it doesn't really matter. But yeah, yeah. Um. So the other thing though from the episode, um, the other thread was uh, Stamets and Reno, and that soul situation. Yeah,
0: what was all that about?
1: I liked when they had, well, as you know, I love whenever the bigger crew get involved. Oh, and of was course. Nice, yeah. nice little, to have the, little the lunch scene. scene. Yeah. And they're doing their, what was it, the autonym? Yeah. Auto-antonym.
0: Auto-antonym, yeah. Game,
1: yeah. yeah. Uh, and Linus, our favourite lizard man, who <laughs> was like, no, <"Nah>, stupid humans, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I can play your <laughs> game. Uh, and everyone was there, including, you know, uh, Lieutenant Nilsen. Um, she was there. That was nice. Uh, but, yeah, then Reno's like, you can't concentrate because your boyfriend who came back from the dead, your husband who came back from the dead doesn't want you anymore.
0: It's a bit rude though. She's like, oh, I thought you'd be over that by now. It's like, come on, mate.
1: She's a bit awful. <laughs> she is. I like, and, and to know, and I think it makes even less sense that she's that awful when we discover that suddenly she's been through the same thing well, yeah. or she's lost someone. I liked her wedding ring though. Yeah. That was fucking cool. Yeah. Um, and
0: and then she still talks about her wife as if she's alive. Yeah, that was weird.
1: Yeah, I think, well, you know, written that way for dramatic effect so that then she could go, she's dead. <laughs> you're okay, like, yeah. oh, oh, no. Um, and possibly not human the way that she described her. Yeah, I don't know what
0: that alien species is. It
1: was hard to know if it was an alien species or if she's just saying she's from another planet. She's a human who lives on another planet. But then why would you say that? That's like going, oh, yeah, my husband's Italian. Like, why would you? Mm. Why would I say that? I mm. wouldn't say that. Uh, I would just, yeah, anyway. Um, but it was it was nice, I guess What do you, I mean, it's, they're really taking that storyline real slow It's like, here's a little tiny bit Here's another little tiny bit Here's another little tiny bit like, yeah, really Every
0: time she pops up, I'm like, oh yeah
1: Really parceling it out for us you. Yeah, yeah And also Reno's like, where the fuck are you when you're not here? Like, what are you doing? Um, and I guess it's like, oh, well, you're just not part of the adventure this week But like, surely they can use an engineer every week Mm. It's just weird. It's just weird to cast Tig Notaro and then be like, can you come and do five minutes every four weeks?
0: And also, like, what? The gay, you know, it's just so the gays can stick together. Like, she hasn't had any kind of storyline except to, she's almost like a gay magical elf. Like, she's (laughs) had to just, she's just existed to project, to keep Stammert's storyline continuing.
1: I really hope that, like, she's in the last couple of episodes and she does something amazing some amazing technical jiggery pokery with the time crystal. Because I'm just waiting like oh, yeah, we know that, that cool. she's got all of that know how. I want yeah. to see her use it. Yeah, for It'll sure. It'd be great. So yeah, I hope that happens. Okay. Yeah. Like she gets the schematics and makes a new red angel suit for and Michael pilots it or something. Well,
0: oh, that know. would be awesome.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And then everyone They don't have back. a
0: lot of time though right now because they're just about to blow up the ship.
1: That's true. And I I like that he's being very organized about let's get the hell out of here. Let's evacuate everyone. But he also the look on his face, like when in that moment when Michael says the only choice we've got is to blow up the ship, which is never the only choice. I mean, come on, people. But the way Pike looked, it seemed to me he was like thinking, "But I know that's not my fate. I don't die here. I know what my fate is now." And I thought but he was going to say, up "We're the not ship doing with
0: everyone it. On it." No, they're but, getting everything. But ready. he's the
1: captain. He would presumably stay on board to make sure it blows up, right?
0: No, not if you've got enough time. Usually the only uh, captain yeah. goes down with the ship if they need someone to pilot it whilst everybody escapes. I guess
1: that's true. But you might need someone to do that because if you're going to eject all the – if the crew's all going to get into shuttlecraft or escape pods and leave, although there might be enough shuttlecraft to carry them all because as we've established there's only about 140 people on board.
0: <laughs> and they don't do that anymore since the Titanic, so.
1: <laughs> yeah, so if that's right, it's yeah, very, very important. Um, but if they leave, right – What's to stop the Section 31 ships yeah, from just killing them all? I mean, oh. they don't really care about the people, but they also don't want them to get away and warn the rest of Starfleet. Hmm. And Section 31's not that big, it turns out. They've only got 30 ships. Hmm. I mean, that's still quite a lot, I suppose. And- that's a lot. And they're very high-tech ships with, like, cloaking devices and weird weapons and heaps of power and stuff. So That's a
0: lot to keep under the radar. <laughs> <laughs> it is.
1: It is. How do people not notice this? Also, I again, like, um, Tyler's just serving on Discovery at this point. And sure, we know he's secretly working for Section 31, but he's just walking around like he's a member of the crew. And I'm like, he's not very secret. Like, surely some Klingons might find out about that and then it'd be like, oh, he's not dead. Hmm. Like it's- I was
0: thinking about that as well, crew manifest and stuff like that. But yeah, well, I I mean, think- he probably
1: wouldn't be on the crew manifest, I guess.
0: I don't think. Yeah, I don't think the Klingons are really caring.
1: No, they're not really talking to Starfleet unless you know someone summons Larel. The um oh that actually that was the other scene when when Pike is talking to them after he's been to the planet and he's saying like it's gonna be all right, your son's okay, and he gives back the torchbearer mm-hmm. insignia. That was I liked that too. That was a nice moment. And now, um, yeah, now Tyler's got it. Does that mean he's the torchbearer? Is that how it works again? I, I don't, don't know. know. I mean, they don't really need a torchbearer now.
0: And, like, what if Michael and him have a baby? It's going to be half Klingon.
1: Yeah, it'll be like B'Elanna Torres. Cool. It'll be turn out really awesome. <laughs> One hopes. <laughs> be full on.
0: I don't have anything else.
1: Okay, well, shall we go to short chats? I think we shall. Now it's time for Rediscovery Short Chats, where we talk news, trivia, and anything related to Discovery, and also any questions you have for us. Follow our socials and get in touch. And, Captain, we had some interesting theories people have come up with about what's going to happen at the end of the season.
0: Yes. We, set, we uh, did a shout-out to you guys. Uh, we had a couple. We had Jesse Scott. Hi, Jesse. Just basically said Borg vibes. Mm. It's a common theory going around right now.
1: I really- Not I, sure about that. I mean, we we did- We we kind of yeah. had that discussion, then we ended up cutting it from an episode. But yeah, yeah. we- uh, I, I don't think it's a Borg thing.
0: Unlikely. Let's say unlikely.
1: Yeah, for sure. And
0: we had Jez- No, Jen- Jazzfic on Twitter saying, I think they're all going to be flung into the future to fight it out. Control will lose and all life will be saved, but Discovery and the Section 31 ship will be stuck there. This is based on absolutely nothing, I should add, just wondering on what a good season cliffhanger might be. Yeah,
1: okay. Well, that's a pretty good idea. <laughs> I like as that goes. one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like it. Um, we were talking on a previous episode about where Zora comes from. yeah. And we were talking about whether it's Ariam's memories. You mm. had a theory about that.
0: Oh, well, I just thought that part of Ariam's memories could have contributed to Zora's quote-unquote personality or mm. development as an AI. Yeah. Um, But that leads into Richard Ingram's letter. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. To us. Hi, Richard. Who had the most amazing letter. I have had a suspicion for a while the events of the short Trek Calypso might be a little peek into the resolution of this season. Once time travel became a major plot point, especially after The Brightest Star was a prequel to one of the storylines. Yeah, good mapping there. Yeah, yeah. Mostly it was Zora's statement that she was under instruction to wait at a specific point. And now after this episode, I feel there is more to it as Zora says she was abandoned for nearly a thousand years and Gabriel Burnham was traveling from 950 years in the future. Since the timeline of this story has sentient life in the 23rd century, Is this the fixed timeline once the crew of Discovery deal with control and have they purposefully left Discovery to wait for Gabrielle Burnham, maybe with some tech on board to bring her home? Yeah. Mind blown, Richard. I think
1: that is genius, Richard. It really does explain what she's doing there. She's waiting for someone and it's not, uh, what's his name? Uh, it's, It's Gabrielle Burnham. And, yeah, that makes total sense. Although we don't find out where she is, it could be that she's hanging out Near um, Terra which we know is where Gabriel Burnham's hideout was, so that's hopefully where she got sucked back to when she got sucked back into the future. Because otherwise, she's kind of screwed. <laughs> but-,
0: but it also doesn't account for the development of Zora. Yeah. So if she's just being flung into the a thousand years into the universe, then it's just the discovery ship. It's not. Yeah. But I guess an AI could develop over fifty years or something like that. I'm not sure. But-
1: yeah. Well, I mean, I th- I don't think. I think discovery hasn't time traveled I think it's just waiting the 950 years out because the AI can wait that long. Mm. But I th- the main reason or, or the only reason that I don't necessarily think that's what's going to happen is I feel like we would have to have more of a seed of where Zora comes from. Mm. And there's such a AIs are evil vibe this this season from because the only one we've encountered is control that I think that's way too much of an ask to develop that in the last two episodes, mm. you know. So, I, I love the idea and I kind of hope that is what happens. Me but sure. I, I suspect that there's too much work to do to sell us on what and who Zora is in the last two episodes because you can't – I mean, you can't assume everyone's seen the short treks. I mean, you know, you didn't need to have seen the brightest star to follow the Saru episodes this season.
0: No, but it's certainly um- – augmented it yeah
1: anyway richard that excellent excellent theory i love it um if you've called it maximum props to you that, yeah it is for a cool sure. there's a cool idea i like it a lot
0: yeah and so thinking about the other short treks um it did make me remember that we haven't seen harry mudd in this season i don't think we're going to no i don't think we will either i mean where Which would is he a fit shame. in yeah it's a
1: shame because he's great and maybe that's why they did the short trek with him because they're like he doesn't really fit into this storyline hmm. so we're not going to put him in um, there's no room for like a standalone episode where he turns up unless, I mean, I guess he could be, if one of the other red bursts takes them to where they've got to go. And there's, I think, three left, hmm. but there's only two episodes left. So, I think
0: there's two left.
1: Because uh, this was number five of eight. Now, actually, this is a point. I was a little I confused about seven, this. this. Uh, oh, no, you're right. It's seven. Yeah. Seven. So, there's only two left. So, that makes sense. Um, But this, that confused me because I was like, are these ones reappearing in the place where the seven all originally appeared at once. This
0: has all been my confusion, Ben.
1: So, I think they're going to have to make that clear because they've made it a mystery that nobody knows what the Red Bursts are about, but they haven't really clearly said, you know, that the 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 new ones are appearing in the same places because I get the impression they didn't because otherwise they could just go and visit where the other ones were because they knew where they were.
0: No, but remember they were flashed, but it was too fast for them to be like. They
1: were too far away for them to get in a precise location. Yeah. Yeah, but I guess they, yeah, I guess that's true. Um, So, yeah, maybe it is that they're appearing in the same places where they originally appeared, but that's not been made clear to us. So, I think we're obviously going to find out.
0: And that also brings in another time-travelling entity into the conversation. You know what,
1: though? I think think that's going to be Michael. What? Yeah, I think Michael's going to get in the equivalent of the Red Angel suit because I think that's why the brain scan... I don't know. I don't know. They kind of, <laughs> they hand waved that away, but I kind of feel like that would make sense. Yeah. But I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. We'll guess we'll find out. We'll find out. Um, now, I, I did want to talk about, I mentioned earlier in the episode uh, that there were a couple of little nods to other things, I thought, in this story. But I think, and and they were just like coincident. I don't know if they were on purpose, but I did, when um, Pike was standing in the corridor in his flashback, And the motorised chair comes in the background. I'm like, oh, shit, it's Davros. And I'm like, it's not Davros. I know (laughs) who it is. But it just felt so sinister because we're used to seeing that image, or at least I am, in Doctor Who of, like, you know, the horrible. And when you think about it, it's very ableist um, visual signifying of evil. But it's, you know, the twisted and evil um, wheelchair-bound Nazi scientist. Mm. Um, And Pike's, like, the opposite of that. He's like... He's a good guy, but he's in a bad way. So, yeah, I thought that was an interesting little... I think that was annoying. the name
0: of his country album.
1: He's a good guy, but in a yeah. bad way.
0: Yeah, good guy in a bad way.
1: <laughs> that is a good Captain name. Captain Pike. Good name for an album. <laughs> I'd listen to it. Um, I also thought it's interesting because Starfleet captains seem very keen
0: to blow up their ships. I remember I remember, um, Janeway came close. Yeah, a few times. A few times. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um well, the original uh Enterprise got blown, blown up. Yeah. Um the uh, and that's why there was an Enterprise A. The um Enterprise D. Well, not oh, well they almost self-destructed it a few times and then they kind of crashed it into the planet um the Enterprise E. Card was going to blow it up to stop the Borg, but he really didn't want to. He's like, "No, no more." I love that scene; <laughs> it's so good. Um, yeah, so they, I don't know. They they blow up a lot of, and it's it's kind of reminded me of that scene in Galaxy Quest where people are like, "Why do you build a self destruct system? What do you need that for? Why is that useful?" And we know why: it's because aliens are always trying to use Starfleet ships against them, against the against the people of the universe, and like, we won't be part of this. But it, uh, yeah, I'm glad that he's organizing an evacuation though. That's good.
0: Well, let's see. Dot, dot, dot.
1: Um, oh, I did. You know what else I forgot to mention? Uh, we did see the return of Spock's space butt in this episode. <laughs> Only briefly, and it was in silhouette. You didn't get a good look at it this episode. The second
0: th- I did write down a note to say that the Section 31 EV suits were out of control. Yeah. Were, yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> Fuck no.
1: Yeah. yeah. What, what is? They it's were such very,
0: a... very sexy.
1: Yeah, they were very good.
0: That's I true. didn't see. I have not even peeped Scott's. Scott. I have not even peeped Spock's. But yeah, I don't know what's happening to me. I've missed it. I've got to start paying attention. You've got to
1: get on board. I know. It's good. It's good business. Yeah.
0: Okay, great.
1: Uh, also, I'm excited because right at the end, Pike says contact the XO on the Enterprise. Does that mean we're going to see number one next episode? Ooh. That would be great. That's a
0: good, yeah, that's great. I hope
1: she comes back. She was cool. I think Rebecca Romijn did a great, a uh, really great job of playing her.
0: But back on Spock's wardrobe, also like hipster Spock. Yeah. I am very kind of disturbed. He's like low, what do they call them, Ben?
1: Low neckline. Yeah, like the like,
0: not a, It's not a deep V. It's just like a low neckline. <laughs> that's something else. <laughs> In the t-shirts.
1: Yeah, man. I know what you mean. I know what you mean. <laughs> I was distracted this episode by his beard because I don't know if I—I don't know if it's changed, but it's really pointy on his cheeks. Ah. It's like got two triangles like coming up on his cheeks. Eyes up here,
0: Ben. That's what a, it's it. That's I'm, what it's saying. I know.
1: Yeah. Like, Stop <laughs> looking at my beard. My eyes are up here.
0: It's <laughs> more like the butt. The butt. My eyes are up here. Right? Yeah. yeah. Sorry.
1: Sorry, oh, Spock. J- <laughs> I'm distracted by your beard and your butt.
0: You're
1: just, you're just very pretty. He's Analogical. very
0: extremely pretty.
1: Yeah. I mean, everyone else is pretty good as well. There's yeah, only two episodes say. left, Carla.
0: I know. Does it feel like
1: two episodes is enough?
0: <sighs> I don't know. So much happened in this episode. We did progress it's a lot. Like, I, I can't even conceptualize how much could happen in two episodes. Now,
1: actually, this is one of the things worth touching on in short chats. We have heard through the rumor mill that big changes are afoot at the end of the season. We don't know anything more than that. What? There's something's going to happen. We don't know. We've heard that. Spock, as you've said, Spock and Pike are definitely leaving. So what I wouldn't be surprised if
0: Michael goes either.
1: Michael goes, yeah. but then who's
0: the main character of the show? I don't know.
1: Tilly? I don't no, know. she was barely in this episode.
0: I haven't seen Tilly in ages.
1: She did like she was at the lunch, but she didn't say much. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. She's maybe she's got more to do next episode. But I don't think we've got time for Bryce and uh Reese to team up. Not yet. That's a shame.
0: Next season. Next season. Well, we have the new showrunner coming on board, so hopefully she's going to put in a lesbian captain, and I will just basically—you can just chuck me into the grave after that. Like <laughs> yeah, I'll be your done. Life, your life I'll is be cooked. done. Everything's cool. <laughs> yeah.
1: What if? What if? What if they go to Vulcan and they get a lesbian Vulcan?
0: No, captain? don't, Ben. Is that don't. Too much? I can't. That's not ever a possibility. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right.
1: Okay, I just thought, I just know you like Vulcans. I was just trying to just gonna go how how can we make it even better?
0: Nothing could be that good. Life could never be that good. Okay. Yeah.
1: And on that note. <laughs> you've been listening to Rediscovery. You'll find links to all the creatives involved on our website, rediscoverypodcast.com. We'd love to connect with you. Find us on Twitter and Facebook at rediscoverypod. Rediscovery is brought to you by Splendid Chaps Productions. Find more entertainment for your ears at splendidchaps.com.